Today we would like to talk about addressing inequality in the Western world. We have Michael Hotsberg, who was a cross-cultural coach from coach from High Mountain Products, and John Wayne, who was a relationship coach from Achieve Your Dreams, to help shed some light on this topic. In these stressful days when the media is full of coronavirus stories, people are out of work, money problems abound, lockdown, restrictions are enforced. Many are first to work from home or stay home, sometimes causing stress. We thought it might be beneficial to start a conversation around addressing inequality in the Western world. This is forward-looking. Blames or condemns no one, and he's seeking worldwide cooperation to tackle this problem. The incoming president of the USA, Mr. Biden, has stated that equality is one of his aims. And after the devastation the virus has caused in the US, it might be an opportunity to rebuild for a better future for all. We will start with health. People say the virus is non-discriminatory, but that doesn't explain why almost double the non-white population of the US has been affected. Below are relevant paragraphs from Box on the subject. For their share of the US population, black people are dying in the pandemic at twice the rate of white Americans, of whom about one in every 2,150 people has died. Housing segregation is arguably the root cause of those disparities, a manifestation of the systemic racism that has plagued black Americans' health since the age of slavery. And black communities are facing other health crises, Black people disproportionately live in lower-income neighborhoods, which typically have more tobacco shops, which drives up smoking and therefore lung problems, and less access to fresh food, which drives up obesity, contributing to the high rates of diabetes and heart disease. David Williams, a Harvard public health and sociology professor, explained in a May 2020 editorial in JAMA, all the ways the simple location of a person's residence affects their health. Segregation also adversely affects health because of the concentration of poverty, poor quality housing, and neighborhood environments leads to elevated exposure to chronic and acute psychosocial, e.g. loss of loved ones, unemployment, violence, and environmental stressors such as air and water pollution. Exposure to interpersonal Discrimination is also linked to chronic disease risk. Greater exposure to and clustering of stressors contributes to the earlier onset of multiple chronic conditions, hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, asthma, greater severity of disease, and poor survival for African Americans, individuals, than uh, white persons. For example, exposure to air pollution has been linked to hypertension and asthma as well as more severe cases of and higher death rates due to COVID-19. People with pre-existing conditions such as asthma, which black people are more likely to have than white Americans, and diabetes, likewise, and heart disease, which is less well managed for black patients based on death rates, are more likely to develop severe symptoms and die from COVID-19. Black Americans also have less access to doctors and hospitals and a history of medical discrimination has caused feelings of mistrust among many black Americans toward the medical profession, 
which can lead to worse outcomes if patients delay getting care. See COVID link in the description below. Inequalities in the burden of disease, such as chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, and other STDs by race and Hispanic ethnicity, continues to persist at unacceptable levels in the United States. These disparities are not explained by individual or population level behavioral differences. Rather, they result in large measure from stubbornly entrenched systemic, societal, and cultural barriers to STD diagnosis, treatment, and preventative services accessible on a routine basis. Some progress has been achieved in recent years in reducing the magnitude of disparity in some STDs, especially for blood. But much more needs to be done to address these issues for individual, group, and structural level healthcare intervention. Continued monitoring of differences across groups in reported case incidents is also critical to the success of these efforts, including a sharpened focus on advertisement of race and Hispanic ethnicity for persons diagnosed and reported with STD. See STD link below. Pregnancies appear to be no greater than non-white than any other sector of the community. In fact, they appear to be fallen. Now let's look at education, employment and income. Only 16% of blacks born in the USA have a bachelor degree or higher. This, that compares to almost 30% for white and almost 50% for Asian. Rates are slightly higher for immigrants in the same race group. So, Asian American, the average income is $85,897. For white American, it's $65,677, which is 23.42% below the Asian. For American Indian and Alaskan Natives, it's 48,370, which is now 43.69% below the Asian. And for Black or African American, it's 41,911, which is 51.21% below the, their Asian counterpart. So see the education link below. See unemployment rates for the USA link below also. As you can see, unemployment rates are almost always higher for non-whites, especially after the pandemic struck in the first quarter of 2020. Next, let's look at crime, prison, and law enforcement. The nation's imprisonment rate is at its lowest level in more than two decades. The greatest decline has come among black Americans whose imprisonment rate has decreased 34% since 2006. While the rate of imprisonment has decreased in the most in recent years, black Americans remain far more likely than their Hispanic and white counterparts to be in prison. The black imprisonment rate at the end of 2018 was nearly twice the rate among Hispanics, 797 per 100,000, and more than five times the rate of, among whites, 268 per 100,000. Black men are especially likely to be imprisoned. 
There were 2,272 inmates per 100,000 black men in 2018, compared with 1,018 inmates per 100,000 Hispanic men and 392 inmates per 100,000 white men. The rate was even higher among black men in certain age groups. Among those aged 35 to 39, for example, about 1 in 20 black men were in state or federal prison in 2018. 5,008 inmates for every 100,000 black men in this age group. The racial and ethnic makeup of U.S. prisons continues to look substantially different from the demographics of the country as a whole. Uh, in 2018, black Americans represented 33% of the sentenced prison population, nearly triple their 12% share of the U.S. adult population. Whites accounted for 30% of prisoners, about half of their 63% share of the adult population. Hispanics accounted for 23% of inmates, compared with 16% of the adult population. Black inmates have long outnumbered whites and Hispanics for prisoners of the U.S. But these gaps now become narrower as the black imprisonment rate has fallen. See prison population data linked below. Strange. Arrests seem to be reasonably equal to population, assuming the USA has 73% white, but murder, assault, and violence are around 50%. Robbery is about 20% for non white, so each crime is darker below. Maybe it's simplistic, but could the reason the violent crimes arise from frustration? Survival, starvation, the desire to escape from their neighborhood. There are few alcohol related crimes such as drink driving among non whites. Could it be a systemic racism as almost all US crime shows portray non white crime in foreign areas with non white perpetrators? UK crime shows seem to be more balanced. Let's look at the religious beliefs. Blacks appear to favor historically, historically black Protestants. Asians prefer Hinduism. Latinos share between Catholicism and Jehovah's Witness. Note, Latinos can be of any color, say religious list below. If you look at other tables and charts on the religious list below, you will notice that blacks and one Latinos usually have greater numbers than whites. Could, be, could this be they use religion as a way of hoping for a better life? Family structure. The family structure of African Americans has long been a matter of national public interest. The 1965 report by Daniel Michael Monaghan, known as the Monaghan Report, examined the link between black poverty and family structure. It hypothesized that the destruction of the black nuclear family structure would hinder further progress toward economic and political equality. When Moynihan wrote in 1965 on the coming destruction, destruction of the black family, the out-of-wedlock birth rate was 25% among blacks. In 1991, 68% of black children were born outside of marriage. In 2011, 72% of black babies were born to unwed mothers. Certainly, family structures have changed over time. 
Um, in poor areas, this may mean the difference between living above or below the poverty line. See family structure link below. Is it possible that inequality, especially in the USA, where debt is freely available, is caused or exacerbated by poor communities living together in large populations, slums, or rundown areas where there are fewer fathers present to support and protect families, where there are slightly larger blended families with fewer set of organized leisure activities for children, where women desperate to feed their families will take huge risks, where there are established cycles of dependence and poverty, where there is nothing to look forward to and few dreams to better themselves, except through crime and bullying, where the gangs thrive, where there are secret codes and beliefs and a constant threat for anyone trying to do better, and persistent crimes against neighbors, where there are fewer opportunities, for example, singer, boxer, athlete, few successful role models, as soon as they make it, they move to affluent suburbs, few or no grocery stores, where fast food companies thrive, leading to poor nutrition and bad diet. Maybe it's time to stop blaming the victim and assess poor families. Other other areas of the world, change appears most enduring if it comes through women. They are often the nucleus of the family. Change is often best initiated through women because of their role in changing communities in Africa and helping to push for peace in Northern Ireland, which was a tremendous accomplishment, a miracle almost, after so many years of turmoil. Community leaders can make a tremendous difference in their community, and ones that are duplicated many times in important will begin to fade into history. GDP. Assuming the population of the U.S. is 340 million dollars, sorry, million, and 27 million population worldwide, that makes almost 92 million people, many of whom are affected by inequality. Assume they each spent one dollar per week, so fifty dollars a year. That would add four billion five hundred ninety million dollars to GDP. And if that was hundred dollars per year, that figure would double. Increases of that magnitude would benefit everyone. Solution. There are solutions that we have managed to find viable solutions that would raise over one hundred billion dollars per annum and all without needing governments contributing but very little, just oversight and compliance. We are willing to discuss these solutions with high-ranking government officials. You can be contacted via the data in the description. So to sum up, this is what we have covered today. We talked about inequality and listed several solutions. We talked about the coronavirus opportunity to rebuild, health, disease, pregnancies, STDs, education, income and unemployment, crime, prison, law enforcement, religion, family structure. We summed it up, the GDP, solutions, education for mums, for mums community leaders, etc. Thank you, Michael, that sounds terrific, what great advice. Thanks for coming to assist with addressing inequality in the Western world, you've really covered this subject well. It's my pleasure, John. Can you give our listeners your contact details, please? Yeah, they're in the description. And yours, too. Uh, 
Yes, you can reach me at highmountainproducts.com. It's the best way. Okay, okay. thanks, John. Bye, Michael.